I'm TJ Walsh, and you're listening to the Bold Creatives Collective podcast. Take a front row seat to hear conversations with successful musicians, producers, actors, visual artists, designers, directors, marketers, and more, and learn about their perspectives and approach to leadership, creativity, innovation, and growth. Let's dive in. So I'm really excited to be here with Sam. And before we launch into this conversation with him, uh, I would just like you, Sam, to introduce yourself to anybody who's listening so that they have an idea of who you are, what you're about, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm super uh, stoked to be here and to and to just talk about, you know, uh, what I do and and the world of music. And yeah. uh, so my, my name is Sam Gutman, and I play keyboards and synths of various kinds. Uh, I play in my original project out of the beard space and I play for uh, Miss Lauren Hill, the hip hop singer. And uh, I do various kinds of like educational YouTube content. And, uh, and I also am one of the co-directors of uh, the beard fest music festival in South Jersey. Awesome. So you have your hand in so many different pots that I think it's really awesome that we have you here to talk about what it's like to kind of split your time between so many things. I mean, some some of the stuff that you're doing right now is pretty demanding in terms of your schedule, in terms of where you're where you're supposed to be, but you're still kind of able to, you know, impact different people in different places um, at the same time that you're doing all of that. Sure. Well, one answer is that not all those things are playing out at the same time. So um my festival beard fest just ended and that that's a big weight off my shoulders for okay. at least a few months until we have to like start uh revving up that whole machine again in the fall um but while that was sort of in its crunch time i did that also intersected with a uh with a heavy period of shows with lauren hill and that was very difficult but luckily i can do my beard fest stuff remotely so I was, you know, joining Zoom calls and answering emails and and making various kinds of like digital media content from everywhere. Um, and as far as the students go, uh, teaching was my main thing for a long time. Uh, yeah. Teaching privately, it all went remote uh, during COVID, and I kind of never came back from doing it remote just because I I liked it so much. I was driving around to kids' houses and then. Once I didn't have to do that, I I just stopped doing it. But um, realize how nice it is to just like click a button and they appear, right? Yes, yes. Um, but my teaching did kind of dwindle down to now nothing. Um, at, at least as far as like actual private students. But I, I still make like educational content, um, pre-recorded for for YouTube. Nice. But uh, as far as as far as doing all of it, um, I think that. I thrive off of being busy in a certain way. Um, the, there's a certain, there are certain anxieties that come with it. It's not easy to, to be crammed with a bunch of stuff, especially when none of it is on a regular kind of schedule. It's all just like, here's my list of things that I have to do. Not always in a particular order, not always with particular deadlines, but here are the various things that I'm obligated to um, that some people have the luxury of just like, Here's my window of time that right. I can sort of mentally devote to this is my work life. And then when that window of time ends, it's like family life or hobby life or whatever else it is. And it, it all sort of blends together with me. And that can be tough. Um, 
but it is fulfilling. And there's no, there's other kinds of anxieties that creep in when I'm when I have too much free time too. So yeah, I can really relate to that. I think I'm I'm a similar type of person in terms of you know being busy all of the time and having so many having a number of different things that are kind of spinning at once. And I don't know what to do with myself when you know some of those plates stop spinning. Right, right. I, that's where <laughs> I start to really fall apart and question my exist <laughs> my existence. Right? Why am yeah. I busy anymore? And it sounds like that is a bit of a bit of, you know, what plagues you as well (laughs) is this for sure. When you're busy, uh, you're not asking yourself like existential questions of like, where am I at? And am I doing the right things? And am I, you know, Mm -hmm. is this, is my whole existence? Like, am I, am I doing it right? Or whatever. Like, (laughs) yeah, you're just, you're just, you're just doing. And, and there is a certain, um, simplicity in that. Mm -hmm. There's a certain complexity in it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do think sometimes uh, that it can be a good thing to slow down and take stock of, you know, oh, my God, I'm doing all of these different things. You know, what what actually am I doing or what purpose do all these different things serve? I think that's a good thing to do on occasion, um, especially when we're looking for, you know, the next phase of growth to take place. But in general, I think a lot of artists or creative people are people like you and me who, you know, are just kind of going all of the time um, and moving from one thing to the next. And I find that with the artists that I work with often, whether they be, you know, uh, musicians like yourself or visual artists or other, other types of creators, that constant movement, even when they are forgetting to slow down, that constant movement actually helps their uh, creative energy, their their creative generation to keep to keep moving forward. Do you find yeah. that that is where your creative uh, propulsion comes from? Is the constant moving as well? My creative propulsion. Um, th- there's a balance to strike, and I, I know that that's somewhat of like a trait answer because like. Uh, of course, there's a balance to strike, but um, <laughs> it's it's not my ideal balance to be crushingly busy. And sometimes I am, and when I am, it it's unfortunate. Um, and I, I think that I've gotten better at saying no to things and manage, managing my time better. Still, th- there are periods of time that just like unfortunately intersect in a way that I can't always control. Um, that does have that sometimes have me busier than I want to be. Um, but I do like to do things like, uh, it it became not quite a tradition, but one thing that I've done several times is after the festival ends in June, I've like driven across the country and back or something like that. Just like, like, all right, I, I did the big thing and now I'm going to have a chill summer. Yeah. And, and doing something like that where I'm away for like a month or a month and a half, and you do actually have to kind of drop all your stuff is like you said, a good way to sort of, um, be mindful of uh, of the things you're doing in life and take taking that reflective time to think about what direction you should go into and like when i get back to the area to more mindfully put the pieces of my life back together and and you right. know maybe leave this or that out and you know things like that just sort of hit a hard reset right because especially now as you know you're on tour right now you're going back and forth from one place to another that can be a really 
you know, fragmenting kind of kind of experience, I imagine, right? For for someone to be bouncing from one city to another and then back home and then another city or another country and then back home to really keep their mind wrapped around their life and the other projects that you're having go on. Because like you said, you were also managing this year's iteration of Beardfest, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, there are lots of things about like the the life of playing a lot of shows, especially if those shows require a lot of travel that are not conducive to like stability, uh, both in terms of like your like like orienting your mind around how how you structure your day just because every day is different but then also just like physiologically uh sleep schedules and things like that i i definitely notice that when i'm if i have to be at like an 8 a.m sound check or if i have rehearsal until like two or three in the morning which both of those instances are things that are common um those sort those sorts of things uh i i notice it hurts my ability to like emotionally regulate and and mm. stay balanced and and feel good and and so i have to like make sure that i'm like making up that time somewhere getting enough sleep eating well things like that yeah are there things that you that you have found work better for yourself in terms of your your self care so to speak um that that you go to more regularly one self-care thing that I have is uh, is playing Zelda. I'm just going to be honest. Zelda, okay. We'll put that um, awesome. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get home from from a trip, and then uh, I'll like take the next day to just like lay in bed. The new Zelda Tears of the Kingdom game came out. I'll just like nice. lay in bed yeah. for for a few hours and just give yeah. myself that day. You know. Yeah, yeah. So stopping in the midst of the constant going that you that we were just talking about being really important and actually helpful in some respects, actually taking a day in the middle of all of that going For to sure. stop and just do something that is fun and that doesn't really take a lot of brain power sure, um, yeah. is, is so important to you. That's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, but but also, so that that's in like a very micro, like here's how I decompress. Yes, right. Day sense, but there is a more macro, like, like I was saying, uh, various things about, the daily schedule are not conducive to like stability, but in other ways, the life of an artist more broadly is also not conducive to stability. Um, Mm -hmm. Not only in terms of the scheduling, but just in terms of like, there's no one way to do it. Nobody really knows exactly like what, like how to achieve the thing that they're trying to achieve. There's a million ways about it. And also for the most part, artists are, like whether it's a painting or music that you're putting out, I, I can I can speak to music, you know, like you put out a song, you put out an album for the most part. For the most part, like the world doesn't really pay attention. You know, you mm-hmm. release a song, it gets a few plays, it gets a few views, whatever, but it's not some, you know, like maybe some people like go viral overnight and that comes with a whole other dark side right. of anxiety. Sure. Most part, um, the life of an artist in multiple ways is tough and a sort of more macro strategy that I think I've gotten a little bit better at in more recent times to like manage that kind of thing is to not like is is to is to be far more 
in touch with like a long arc of progress over the course of years than I am invested in any one thing like right going viral or what or anything like that you know like um just knowing that like if you just kind of exist as an artist and like you put things out there and you just do what you do and you meet people over time like eventually things lead to things and you never know where things lead right and uh being like comfortable in that is probably the biggest strategy for mental stability in the art world that i have come across rather because if it's not that then it's just like this constant like you put out a song and like i hope this gets big and then it doesn't and then you're crushed or here's my youtube channel i hope it gets a million subscribers and and then you're crushed yeah Um, i mean especially in the world that we live in today of like vanity metrics right like how many followers do i have how many how many uh downloads do i have right you know and to some extent those things are important and they have their place right but they can't be the end all be all to your to how you view and measure success right right? and i like that image of the long arc right the long arc that you were just talking about you know we almost have to like attach ourselves to a drone and like get ourselves above everything to be able to see you know that trajectory that you're on because in the day-to-day we're so like focused on that thing that we have to do i have to play this show tonight or i have to you know go to this opening tomorrow that we can lose sight of the the overall progress of our artistry right our our purpose yeah and just like some amount of faith that over the course of years like it'll it'll work out yeah yeah sort of and just sort of trusting in that trusting in it yeah i mean it can be hard to have trust in like life in general but trusting that you are where you're supposed to be or where you where you need to be right now um is 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 a big test right because i think so many people want to just like launch out there really fast but i've seen and i've worked with enough artists to know that when they do hit that jet propulsion button immediately um, or somebody else hits it for them because of one reason or another, the burnout rate is so incredibly high for those people that, you know, they, they just cease to exist um, in terms of the, in terms of, you know, the, the world of their art or their music anymore. Right. For sure. Uh, j- just a few years ago, I, I was I was going to like do something else entirely. You know, I was it was like post COVID. Yeah. Which was a weird time. And and that that yeah, that burnout is incredibly real. Um, and there was a time that I was like going to like go deeper into like tech stuff, maybe do a coding boot camp or something like that. Nice. OK, I, w- I was frustrated and, and I was just like, you know, like, what can I ju- like? Can't I just have some skill set and just like execute it upon the world and just get paid for real and just have like a normal life, you know, like, right. I I was, I was, I was close to doing that for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm still fascinated by, by tech stuff and maybe someday I'll try to like learn some coding language or sure. Like maybe that could be something that you do for yourself. And like, if income comes from that, then that's great. But what I'm hearing you say is like, that was a period of time where you were really feeling like, 
can I stay in this world of music and performance for yeah. much longer? Like, do I need to really shift? I think it's so funny that artists, because you're not the only, you're not the only creative that has said that to me. Like, you know, I I hit a point in my career or in my work where I was like so burnt out that I thought about going and getting like, you know, some nine to five job. Um, it's funny that we kind of go in that direction and everybody else is like looking at looking at artists and creatives and being like, man, I need to quit this nine to five job and I need to live that life because it's so much better. Right. Everybody. I don't think that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence necessarily. Right. We all have our, our stuff that we run up against and typically run up against it because we're burning the candle at both ends. We're not taking care of ourselves. We're not able to kind of take stock of the longer view and and, uh, perspective. Um, And, that's when a stop from all the busyness is really important, right? For sure. There can be this grass is greener thing, you know, when I'm like not getting sleep or if I'm too busy, I'm thinking like, man, like some people just go to work, they get home and then they're home. Yep. Yep. And, but, but maybe the, but, but then there's other times where I'm like, man, like I'm on like a cruise in Mexico right now, or like I am like <laughs> right doing this cool thing. And I'm, I'm like, it's hard. It's a grind, but I'm, but it's cool. Right. And, um, overall, I think I, I couldn't be happy doing any one thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of always have to keep moving. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, but, but that's one thing that, that, that keeps me, uh, that sustains me is like just having a varied life, a varied life. Yeah. I'm totally with you there. And I think that that's really, it's important. Another, you know, part of my life, one of my variations is that I'm, is that I'm a therapist as well and doing therapy with people day in and day out is a recipe for total disaster and burnout too. Um, And I was just talking to somebody right before right before this, but, um, about this same kind of thing. And one of the old white men who invented was saying, you know, you cannot actually do therapy, be a therapist 24 seven, because you're just going to be annihilated because it's so heavy. And it's all this stuff having variation in your, in your day to day to not only like keep you from burning out or getting bored or whatever, but to also fuel the creative power uh, that you can then bring back to, you know, one of the other areas of your life that is interesting. Sure. You know, part of the variation that at one point I was considering was being a therapist. Nice. Come on over to the dark side. It's pretty good. Um, Yeah. I, I, uh, I ended up kind of ultimately being like, you know what, like talking to students all day takes so much social energy out of me that I don't think I could also be a therapist. But yeah. um, the the variation that that would have been like scratching an itch for was um, doing something that in, in a more direct, um, deliberate way was mostly for the benefit of other people, you know, and th- th- there are ways that you could that you could rationalize and say that like music is that too people certainly do it but um, i think that there's like a certain selfishness to art like you're enacting your creative will upon the world and certainly if you're pursuing it in a serious way you're kind of always screaming from the rooftops for the world to pay attention to you yeah and 
that that's a weird position to be in. It, <laughs> it it's 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 always something that I've had a funny relationship with, and and kind of only like reluctantly engaged in that because I realize how like whether it's going well or poorly, deriving your like sense of self worth from the validation of others is like problematic, even if it's like working out. You know, yeah. um, it, it might even be a whole other layer of of a mind fuck if yeah going well, you know. And so I was like, and and so being a therapist at one point, um, that seemed like something that was like just helping people, and and something that I felt that maybe I had the the empathy and the capacity to mm-hmm. do, and even like even walking down that path even slightly. Like I remember one time I I read. Uh, on becoming a person by Carl Rogers. Yeah. Or I listened to the audiobook. I I don't remember most of it. I think I finished it. But there there was like one idea that jumped out to me which was that therapy is is very much uh like creating a relationship with a person within which they can heal. Mm-hmm. And that you are you are part of it by by engaging in that relationship. It's it's not necessarily just giving them space to talk. It's not necessarily Right. It's not necessarily giving them advice or something. It's creating a relationship within which somebody can heal. And that actually informed a lot of my like teaching strategy of like, oh, actually what I, I really that. do with students is like create a relationship within which they can grow and get better. Yeah. How do I have to be in my energy with them that they can grow? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Look at you. You're a Rogerian. That, that's where you're at. You're a Rogerian. Carl Rogers. That was Carl Rogers is a guy that like formed a lot of my, uh, my uh, therapeutic framework. Uh, when I was becoming a therapist, he was one of the first, um, the first like classic old school therapists that we were introduced to. And it is, it's that relationship. And I think also as a musician, you can and as a as a visual artist um or you know creating art for people to engage with in general can be looked at if kind of done in a way um can be looked at providing a space for a relationship with oneself to occur as well right um and so in a way i don't think therapists are that different from artists or artists are that different from therapists um it's like how do we do that i see i see therapy um very much as an art form it's a it's both an art and a science um Mm. the way i practice it is an art form uh, an art of relationship kind of thing and i'm hearing i'm hearing that's where kind of maybe if you went if you came over to the dark side um that's where you would play as well why is that the dark side I don't know, man. I'm just saying it's, it's actually a very, it's actually a very rewarding, um, very rewarding uh, experience to be able to um, sit with somebody in a situation that's very different than the one that you and I are having right now, but sit with them and they trust me with some of the stuff that maybe they haven't told any other human being on the face of the planet before and believe and trust that I'm going to hold that in confidence and I'm going to allow them to explore that. That is something that nobody else um, 
other than therapists usually have the opportunity to truly experience. And, you know, that is definitely not dark at all. That is something that is really, really rewarding and it's really humbling. Um, And, you know, if you ever have an opportunity to either go and get a, get a degree or pursue that, or even to just, you know, become like a peer kind of um, peer counselor or something like that, that could fill some of that, um, some of that as well. But it's a really great experience. Um, you know, you were saying, uh, you were, you were talking about um, how being an artist uh, or a creator can be like a very self-indulgent or a self-focused uh, pursuit. Um, you know, my story to coming to where I am now, being a therapist for for you know about a decade, um, was I, I reached a point like I had spent I had spent a decade in marketing and brand development in uh, design and stuff like that um, for nonprofit organizations, and I got to this point where you know it was either. Uh, I was going to go back to school and get my MFA or I was going to diverge and go in the direction that I did go in, which was psychology and and counseling psych. And I knew that my own self, like where I've come, where I came from as a, as a person, as a, as a kid, as a teen, you know, tends to be pretty like, like navel gazy, (laughs) you know, like, um, and going and getting an MFA is very much that kind of thing, or it has the tendency to to bring you to that place where you're so focused on your inner world and you uh, kind of, you know, isolate yourself away from from any from anything else. Whereas, and I knew that that would be self destructive for me. And so what I did was I chose the other path um, where I could connect with other people and I could use my skills and I can use my talents or gifts, whatever in in that arena but it wouldn't be so isolating um and i find that when artists do that they also explode or implode so 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 you're the one that turned away from the dark side you you were uh you were interested in people and and human psychology and instead of using it to sell people things you uh you decided to use it to to help people heal a hundred percent you know it came to the point where you know, I was tired of sitting across the table, even though I worked for organizations that um, had people's best interests at heart, you know, in general. Um, I worked for nonprofit organizations, some NGO kind of kind of type places. Um, but the work that I was doing was really focused on obtaining the funds for the work, right? So I wasn't necessarily engaged in the humanitarian stuff. So I got tired of like sitting in in rooms with people, you know, trying to come up with solutions and learning about what makes people respond to certain things in certain ways in order to get them to give a dollar or a million dollars, right? It's like, how can I use this in a way that's actually going to impact somebody's life? And I don't feel like, you know, I'm, selling the next thing anymore yeah so i guess in a way yeah i did turn from the dark side and went towards towards the lighter side of things nice yeah yeah, i guess it was like which uh which which kid do we put on the pamphlet of the save the children thing that makes the people sign up like which picture works which of which evokes the most emotion what is going to get somebody to respond right um 
yeah, that, that just, that just gets old after a while. And you start to wonder like, what is, what is the actual purpose of this? Um, that's a big question. Uh, I want to, if we can, in the next, in just the last few minutes that we have, um, talk a little bit about your experience, uh, co-founding a music festival, because that is, you know, this is a little self-indulgent for me now, because like, I love festivals. I love, you know, just the atmosphere that's created the community that's, that's, um, that's cultivated. Um, but I also know that it must be just like a ton of work <laughs> to, to pull something like that off. Right. <laughs> and I think I was, if I, if I'm remembering what I, what I read correctly, you guys started out in like a backyard space. Right. And then it just has grown into this larger production now. Yeah. Yeah. So we started uh, the first year of beard fest was 2012 and it was in our guitar player, Zach's backyard. And we had been throwing parties there for a while, but um, we at one point decided to just like call it a festival and book more bands. Um, and we didn't know really what festivals were at that point. It was really in between that and the next year when we sort of uh, got a glimpse of like the jam band festival world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that not only did we realize oh, this is a thing and, and here's how we should do it. We could have workshops and live art and this and that. But we also realized that we as a band could fit into that scene. Like mm. here's actually a place where weird bands can go and play sick shows and be well-received. Yeah, and That sort of marked the transition from us just being this like prog band that like was following in the footsteps of like Zappa and yes and King Crimson yeah. to like, sort of like a proggy jam band nice. you know and, and we also love to improvise anyway so it was yeah. like we can like we can improvise on stage that's a thing people do that so uh yeah we so then 2013 was sort of the first like legit year um and then it just grew and grew ever since we've just still we're here we are sometimes i can't believe that we're still here doing it uh 11 years later yeah um and that it is what it is but yeah it's it's one of the most special things in in my life uh Mm. pulling off with a big group of all my closest friends yeah yeah Yeah. and it's it's connected it was initially connected to out of beard space right that to your band yeah, yeah, the, the the band is out of the beard space, and the festival is Beard Fest, and it, it's it's still connected. It's still, like we still headline the festival every year. Yeah. Um, so it was all you guys from the band created Beard Fest, yes. and it's still got that's amazing. Eleven years, eleven years in, and you guys are still. Is it all the original band members, or have you guys kind of pulled people in and out um, over over the years? Because eleven years is a pretty decent length of time too to be yeah there hasn't been a whole lot of personnel switching over the years we at in 2016 i think we added another drummer when uh so we added our uh our our second drummer mike mahoney uh in 2016 when our original drummer uh ethan uh needed a break people need breaks the band grind is not easy at all um he took a something like a year off and uh mike came in uh, and then Ethan came back and then it's just been both of them ever since. Nice. Yeah. Um, and we also have two bass players and at times like one or the other has stepped out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, and I, 
I'm missing more shows than ever before, which is sad. Um, And so, yeah, it's like people come in and out, but it's generally the same cast of characters and everybody also has a role on the festival. Like we, we actually run the festival, you know, it's, it's some bands have a festival and maybe they started off running it, but uh, like, I, I don't know anything about Camp Bisco, but I assume that at one point the Disco Biscuits actually ran it and then maybe they handed it off. Right. Whereas something like the Roots Picnic, the Roots, you know, Questlove wasn't like running the box office, you know, <laughs> probably never it was a thing. Right. Uh, I, I don't know how that arrangement works, but but we we run the festival like for real. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, it's it's really difficult. It's a lot. And around that, like, April, May period, I'm very bogged down in my role of it, which is a lot of the digital media Mm -hmm. and marketing stuff. Mm -hmm. But luckily for you, you're able to do that remotely wherever you are in the world. And I did just hear you say, you know, as far as the band goes, that you're you're starting to miss more and more of the shows, at least during this period of time. And that's sad for you. I can imagine that that's really, that that really is sad because this has been a project that you've been on for a really long time time and a big portion of your life now so it sounds like you're kind of wading into the water of you know like where what does my life look like moving moving forward now like you know not i'm listen i'm not like trying to like say you're leaving your band or anything like that um <laughs> you the said violent you, you could edit that and make it look like that was a thing that was the thing it would yeah. actually be funny if you did that don't do that <laughs> But like starting to question, like I'm getting, you know, is my life moving in a direction that is that is different? And what is that going to look like now? Yeah. Um, so the touring has become like the thing I do. I don't teach anymore. Well, I, I guess I do the touring and I do Beard Fest and, and yeah. other random gigs. But um, that's the main thing that I do. And in a certain way, that's cool because with that comes with some of the simplicity that I was speaking to in the beginning. It might not be a nine to five and it might not be a normal schedule, but I can mentally compartmentalize. I can say the part of my life that is work is this part. Yeah. It's not some random vague thing that I can't even mentally keep track of. It's this, you know, it's all in there. So it has that upside. Um, The downside is that it's such a grind. Uh, We have a lot of, rehearsals uh and you know i'm away in north jersey for uh a lot of many weeks in 2022 i was we were rehearsing like five days a week and i was i mean we had weeks off and we had we had time off um but i was away a lot in the first year that i was in this band um it's been a little less this year and a little more shows which is good but it's a lot of being away from home it's a lot of erratic schedule stuff and some guys do this for their whole lives. You know, there's there's older guys in the band who have played with legends for decades, and I I'm not sure if that's the path for me. So, um, you know, I'm kind of a homebody in certain ways. Yeah. I also, like I said earlier, I feel like I like always need to keep moving. So at, at some point, just in terms of my own like creative flame for this and desire for other things it could be time to move on at some point and so i'm thinking to myself like all right like i I don't think i want to do this forever so what is next i don't know so yeah like you said i I guess i'm i'm in sort of a state of 
constant transition as well. Yeah, but it connects to that theme that we were talking about a little bit ago about, you know, paying more attention to the overall kind of arc and trajectory, right? Like you're doing this stuff right now and you're, I assume, enjoying it. Otherwise, you probably would have canned it a long time ago. I do uh, love it. I do love right? it. So you're loving it right now, but you're also saying this may not be where I am forever, right? right? This could be like this season of my life. I'm doing this um, and I'm getting a lot out of it. Um, meeting people, I'm playing a lot, I'm doing stuff, right? But as far as my overall trajectory, you know, I might do a bunch of things that are way different than this, and it will still be, you know, a successful life experience as a musician, as an artist, as somebody that makes things and puts it out into the world for other people to to connect with. I hope to do a bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, over the course of many years. I, I think it's beautiful when I meet uh, older people who like transitioned careers in their like 40s or 50s or or e even not even career related when people like start new relationships or like when I when I meet like an older person who like just got married or something like that. I, I always think that those things are beautiful because I feel like there is this impression that there like comes an age where your life comes together and then like that's it or something. Yeah. And it's possible that that was at one point more true when uh in olden times or i don't know whatever however you want to say it like people would stay in, oh, right. in, in a career for 40 years yeah. you know my, my my grandpa worked uh mm -hmm. as an um he was i believe an editor on a newspaper for like 40 or 50 years or something like that i can't wow. imagine that i can't wow. imagine that. I, I i always feel like i need to like be stimulated by new things and i want to live in other countries i want to try other things yeah uh i'm just like sort of follow my my fascinations and just live a a varied and stimulating life and yeah i don't know where yeah where well, i think it's a i mean that whole thing you know there's been so much so much has changed in our world the way we live the things that we value um the the makeup of our family structures and everything like that, that, you know, it, it was almost in like a necessity to have that kind of stability and the expectation that you were going to have that stable career. Um, because also if you stayed there, you probably got like taken care of at the end. Whereas like today, yeah, life is, is, is way different and we value so many different things. Um, that it's unheard of almost to remain, I think, in the job. I think the data is saying something like five years is a long time, three years is a long time. Yeah. And and that that is kind of what you just said is sort of the trade-off of the modern life is that maybe it might be more stimulating to keep moving every five years or something like that. However, it might not be conducive to long-term security. Exactly. And yeah. Whereas, you know, back in the day, people would, like you said, be taken care of when they like retired. Right. Things like pensions. Right. Everybody was like uh, yeah. a thing back then. Not today so much. Right. Now I'm just like trying to make up for it, but like making sure I, you know, contribute to my IRA and like, right. just, like be. Yeah, I, I, that that is something that I feel compelled to try to be smart about i'm not saying that i like know a lot about that or that i've been as smart as i could be or whatever sure. but um i i want to be able to 
do the things that I want to do and not be, you know, crushed by like having to take a bunch of wedding gigs or have so many students that it, that I'm just exhausted or, or, right. And of course we all do things we don't want to do. And that's part of life. And that's fine. You know, you have part of life as part of the experience too, but how can you, how can you curate your life in such a way that allows you to maybe have more on one side of that coin than the other side of that coin? Right. How can you do that? while preserving the idea of some kind of a long-term stability because because like what i was going to say was like i want to be able to do the things that i want to do and feel like i have a sense of freedom but then the other part of it is i want to feel that sense over time i i want to still feel that way decades from now so how can i set my life up so that i can basically do the things that i want to do over the span of my life and have long-term security. I'm still learning about that. So I'm not like here to like say, here's how you do it. So if you have any tips, let me know. For sure. <laughs> well, definitely thinking about, I'm glad that you're, you're saying this because you're a, you know, you're someone who is like in the game, right? Really like doing what he loves, you know, and doing lots of different things um, is still on the younger side of things in terms of just like, biological age and you're thinking about the importance of saving and all of those seemingly boring things but that is what's going to allow you to continue to do what you want to do in life and not get weighed down on the wrong side or the wrong end of your life with so much like oh my god how am i going to live now regret yeah and it's even more important for musicians because like Some people can accomplish that just by like being in a field where you make a lot of money. Right. But this this is music. We're not making a lot of money. So it's like, we right. gotta, we gotta right. figure it out. You know, right. I mean, being really smart about the money that we do make. Exactly. Exactly. And that takes, that takes, that takes thought that takes planning. And that is definitely something that I, that I touch on when I'm working with artists that planning, like, how are you going to be strategic with, you know, the money that you do, that you do bring in from your from your work so that you can keep making work and so that you can live the level or the quality of life that you want to live and deserve to live because everybody deserves to live you know comfortably right um or at least with all of their needs met in a way that um allows them to feel secure so yeah hey listen this has been an awesome conversation i'm so glad that we had it we talked about a bunch of different things um can you sam just give people a little bit of an idea of where they might be able to find you and then i will also include that in the in the description of the episode as well sure uh so my main thing is my youtube channel uh you can just search sam gutman on youtube uh g-u-t-m-a-n uh, and that's where I make videos kind of documenting the various things that I do, gigs, educational stuff. Uh, and then also check out my band, Out of the Beard Space. Awesome. Uh, I've been in for uh, like 12 years. It's a group of friends that grew up together and make a bunch of awesome, crazy music. It's awesome, crazy music. Yeah. If you haven't heard of the band, if you haven't heard the music, everybody definitely check that out. I really love listening to it. And also Sam's instagram account you like post some pretty awesome reels of like your behind the scenes kind of experiences too um that spinny turny stage thing that she has yeah like 
pretty pretty sweet looking yeah that, that that was just for that festival and i didn't know that that was going to happen until like the moment it happened okay i was I, 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 my had no idea and then it just like started fun. rotating well, so, so, like we had already sound checked, and then uh, and then we got to play, and then the whole everything was like behind the stage facing the other way, and somebody was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna spin around," and I was like, "That's how awesome. is that gonna happen?" And then it happened like minutes later. So and you're like, "Ah, oh, was <laughs> that's awesome, cool." Well, I will include all of that information in the bottom here on the show notes, everybody. And Sam, thank you so much for your time, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule, and. Uh, I hope that you have awesome travels coming up. Thank you. And thank you for the, for the great conversation. Definitely. See you later, everybody. This has been the Bull Creatives Collective Podcast. I'm TJ and this is Sam. And I will check you out. What am I saying? I will talk to you and you'll hear me uh, <laughs> you next episode as well. Have a great one, everybody. <laughs>